It is good to be in the house. Hi, Liz. How are you doing today? It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, isn't it? How many people here have enjoyed the change in weather? It's now becoming a little warmer than it was for the last couple of days. And I'm telling you, it's nice out there. I see snow that's melting, ice that's melting. It's good. Things are warming up. Give it credit for global warming. I don't know what credit it is. I just know it's good to see that that is changing. Last week, we talked about something. We brought some, some brave people up front. Let me ask of those brave people that came up front. You were intertwined with the rope I had here. You came with a need. Was the need met? Was the need met? Oh, two, okay. Two. See, when, when we intertwine, we talked about the anchor being Christ. I got my boat anchor up here. I got the twine. And my son was so nice and making it all round. He got mad at me because I'm taking it off now again. And we talked about being anchored to Christ Jesus and then that rope intertwining all of us together, that we are knitted together. And that's what the Word of God says when we remember back is that it knit us together in the second part of what we talked about. And I don't know about you. Has anybody here tried to do their Christian walk on their own? Has ever, any ever been saved before? And because in all that, maybe some things gone on in your life that you're afraid to share with someone else, and you become lonely. My wife said it feels like a desert sometimes. When you don't have somebody as close to you, you're not internet together, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a place that you just don't feel God close. And you say, well, Lord, why did you leave me? And so we get to that place where we're listening to a lie of the enemy. He's never left you. He's never forsaked you. He's always been with you. Your choice to step away from something or because you're so caught up in what it is can leave you to a place that you feel dry, that you're distant from him. So what I'm telling you today, and I, I, I don't care where you are in your walk with Jesus, you need to be knit together with others. You need to be knit together. That means don't, do not do your Christian walk on your own. Don't, don't even try to do that. Don't give excuse not to be around others. And if something's going on, please share it with somebody. Make, make a point. Well, I don't want us guys, we'll say this. So I just don't want to, you know, you know, talk about, you know, you have enough problems on your own. I can handle this. This is what us guys do. I can handle this, you know. That is a lie. We are not meant to just handle it on our own. We're meant to be knit together, twined together, so we're stronger together than we are apart. Does that make sense? And so the enemy does not like when we knit together. So if there's something going on in your life, do not leave this place today without sharing with somebody. Now, if you have not built a relationship like that with somebody that you can share your life with, man, time to start. Really, it's not difficult. Just befriend someone, and, and there's enough loving people. Who here thinks that there are a, an avenue of love in Christ Jesus? How many people think, I can love? I could do it with him. I may have trouble on my own sometimes, but with him, I could do it. Matter of fact, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So let's, let's just say, hey, I'm a loving person, and so we have enough loving pe- people around here. That someone, Let me ask you a question. If someone sat down with you today and said, man, can you pray with me? What would you say? Oh, no. I'm too busy for that, you know. It, you'll have to just handle this on your own. Let's give you good advice, man. Just pick up, you know. The, doesn't the Bible say God helps those who help themselves? And you're like, really? Where, 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 where is that? So all of a sudden we're giving these bad advice. Just share your life with one another. Open up. Let someone be a friend, a good friend. How many people have good friends in here? Now, if you come to Rush Church and you leave without a hug, you must be running. You must be a quick walker because we, we just don't want that to happen. 
We care about you. And if we say, hey, how you doing? We're, we're not just being f- faking those, those comments. We really want to know, right, Jason? We really want to know, are you doing okay? How can we be praying for you? I ask that question when I'm out on the street. How can I be praying for you? You're like, they don't even know what to say. And I have to reword it. What things can I pray for you for? How can I be praying? Well, I don't know. How do you pray? How can I pray for you? And what I mean is this. What things can I help you? How, what things can I agree with you on? I know you're praying, but agreement is powerful. When two agree upon one thing, it shall be given unto them. Let's agree with one another. So I don't know about, does anybody think, think that is worthy? How many, is anybody, I can wrap you up in this today and you can be by yourself. I mean, I can wrap you tight. And you can be bound up and say, I'm, I'm, good, I'm good with Jesus. I'm good. Everything's good here. I, I feel, it's not staying up. I feel good right here. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need everybody else. I don't need anybody else. Just me. Just me in Jesus. And I'll be fine. That's not biblical. You and Jesus is number one. But then you got to break somebody else in your group. You, gotta, you cannot love Jesus and not love someone else. Matter of fact, it says, if you try, love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot do it alone. So let's stop trying to do that. I hope I don't fall. There we go. I made it. I want to do today is I want to go on in Colossians, and I believe today is going to be another one of those days where it's all going to fit together. Let's start. Knit it together. I'm going to start with verse 5. For although I am absent from you in body. He is not with them. He doesn't see him face to face. I am present with you in spirit. And I delight to see your orderly condition in firm faith in Christ. Now, orderly condition is a, is, a metal, is a military term. And anybody in the military in here who was in the military? Anybody that was in the military? Let me ask you a question. In military, do you understand ranks? In the military, to be able to fight that war ahead of you, you had to have things. There's a plan. They just don't send you out. Okay, you take your rifle, and you take that, and, and, you, and I want you just to go. Just run towards the hill. No, there's ways. There's a, there's a strategy. There's, there's a way that they want to, to attack that enemy. There is an orderly fashion. There's a general. There, there's a sergeant. There's different levels of instruction. And so you listen to your superior, and that superior listens. Who's the head of the church? Let me ask you a question. First of all, it is Jesus that's the head. And through his word, we can tell what the church body needs to do together. Now, I need you, and you need me. We can't do this church without you. It's all together, intertwined. It's, it's knit together in strength, right? And then we get to do church together. We, did, we become his body. He's the head. But there's orderly ranks to everything. Now, I don't know about you. Not everybody here is comfortable with stepping out on this stage. Right? Not, not everybody's comfortable standing up here and, okay, I'm just going to preach God's word. But there is people that are comfortable one-on-one in counsel with one another. Right? So there's areas of the church that we all find our place. And when we do that, the church becomes healthy. Jesus sends five-fold ministry to us. And in those things, we, we're, we're gifted. We're able to do the things of Christ. Does that make sense? But we are knitted together. We need each other. This is an orderly condition. And here's how he explains the orderly condition. We'll start with the next verse, verse 6. It says, therefore, because I just spoke about this orderly condition, therefore, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him. 
Now he's talking to the church. So what does it mean to be walking in Christ? Now I don't know about you, that question may come up. What, how do I know I'm walking in him? I'm, I'm walking for him. I'm walking knowing Jesus. I'm, I'm here to, to share his love with other people. I'm walking, but am I walking in him? In Christ, where all fullness and glory is. Am I walking in him? And so the question is, okay, okay, I wanna, I wanna, who wants to do this Christian walk good? Anybody here want to stumble? Anybody here want to fall? Who, who, I, I don't know about you, but I want to do it right, and I want to make sure I'm doing this in orderly, an orderly condition, and how do I do it with the whole church? I, I, anybody worried about themselves? What is the will of God for me? And sometimes we're just kind of stuck on, okay, what's my duty in this? What is my job in all of this? Before you know it, we're looking for something that God's never appointed us. But you know how we do that? We look at other people. And we say, okay, that person's do this. Maybe I'm supposed to do that. Well, there's something to do over here. Maybe I'm supposed, and all these maybes, maybe, maybe, maybe. Before we know it, are we walking in him? Or are we just walking, looking for something? Anybody there right now, you're not sure where you're supposed to be in the church of Jesus? You're not sure. I want to give my life to him. I'm not sure what he has me to do. And so a lot of times what we do is we compare. Well, that looks like a good minute. Maybe I'm supposed to be a part of that. So why don't we figure out what it is that God wants us to do? Instead of asking a question, let's find out. Does that make sense? Orderly condition of where he wants. Colossians then go in and says this, seven, rooted and built up. Now, how many people in here work with plants? How about trees? Just not pointing you out, Tim. I want to point you out. Trees, how about anything to do with growing? Anybody here have Gardens. Anybody here have flowers? That they, anybody? This is a, okay, one. Thank goodness there's somebody here. <laughs> Good, I get to talk to somebody. So in that, yeah, Carl, you didn't raise your hand, Carl. What's up with that? Karen, I want you to smack him a good time right there. I needed some help here. Anybody that works with plants, gardening, and, and there's a way to do it, right? And anybody that's in gardening isn't probably building a house. They're probably in the dirt, right? And he makes two references here. He talks about being rooted. Now, I don't know about you. May, we not, might even not understand that if we don't work with the, with the ground and, and, and cultivating and, and agriculture, okay? We may not understand that. And another person built up. What does that mean? To be built up upon a foundation. What does it mean to build? And so when you talk to people that are in building... And those are in agriculture and farming. Guess what? There's things that they do. There's ways that they build. There's ways that they plant. There's ways that they cultivate and water. There's ways that they put together a foundation and then in front, a frame on top of that. You know that, right, Mike? There's a way to do this. And when you go to a house and look at it, you think, mm, that's not done right. Or you can say, mm, that's done right. There's a way to build. And so he brings both of these words together. And he wants you to understand this. Here's how you walk in him. Here's how you begin. You need to be rooted. You need to get yourself down into the dirt. There's too many people running, looking, and they need to be firmed. They need to be planted deep, and so the roots go down, and you're getting nourishment from the ground, and you're starting to understand who you are because truth comes into you. It's, it's nourishing, and he's, you, it's not looking and comparing. It's saying, oh, I feel what Jesus has for me here, right here, right now. Do you understand? Don't run. A lot of people are looking. Some people are actually leaving church to church and, and trying to find a place to fit in. And they're like, well, so I just need to find my root. Stay rooted. Stay rooted. Stay grounded. And let it start to, to the truth of God start to build you up. And you, you know how that's done? It's not on your own. 
even though the Word of God does all of that, it's done with others. See, my root can't be strong unless all of you are part of this church. I, I would be very weak stumbling out there on my own. But because I come here and all of you are knitted together with me and you care about me, and no matter of fact, you get calls and phone calls and texts asking me how I'm doing. I'm praying for you. I'm, you know, oh my word, where would I be today without that? I can't even imagine where I would stumble today unless I'm part of you and you're part of me. That's where I'm getting strength. I'm telling there's times I rise up and think, boy, someone's praying for me. I can feel it in my bones. And when you go into an operating table or you're sick and you're down, the time I had desert fever, I felt your prayers. I'm telling you, it is real. Prayer works. And all you knew, and when you start to feel it, when you love somebody and you know they're in a problem, man, you're there. It says, man, how can I be praying? And you cannot wait to speak truth and love over them. Right? See, that's what it means to be rooted. It's not just rooted in Christ. It's rooted and intertwined with one another. We're rooted together. One spirit, one Jesus, one baptism, one body. You and me together. And then it says, in him, it says, and the word means to cause to take root, to plant firm. It says, fix firmly, establish, to strengthen with roots. And the word to build up means to build upon foundation laid and the teaching of Christ Jesus. This is so vital. See how he's setting it up? How do you walk in Christ? How's it, how's it, what does it mean to know and understand? And here it is, it's explaining it. Let's go to the next one, established. So number, again, we're on the same verse, verse 7. If you guys want to sit down and say, who am I? Read this. Understand what it means. What is my first step as a Christian? What is the first step to be involved? It's not chasing a position. It's saying, okay, I need to, I need to get rooted. I need to get rooted. I'm, I, I've got to be confident in where I'm at and what God has for me. Don't look around and say, okay, what do I need to do? Or worse than that, start to complain. Well, that does, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. This church is, I'm, I'm going someplace else, you see. You're not rooted. You're not rooted together. You're not knit together. Established in faith as you were taught. Established means to firm, ratify, to secure, to establish, guarantee, to walk where it is solid and reliable. Man. Is any, anybody, can anybody remember before church? Can anybody here, you, you knew Jesus, but you were really, we weren't really connected to a church. Can you remember how you walked? Were you firm? Were you established? And then here's what, you find a church that you're, you're somewhat happy with, and you're like, I think this is where I need to be, and yet you're really not in it. So you don't say it's your church. You say, I'm just attending this church. But all of a sudden, when you start to find your position and your value and you're becoming rooted in and you're, you start to be building upon your, the word of truth and, and you're just seeing, and all of a sudden you got this love relationship with people. It's no longer I attend this church. It's this is my church. This is where I'm at. This is where I know I need to be there because it's just not about me. It's about every person I'm connected with. I'm knitted with. I just feel this awesome relationship. I just need to go. You see, there's a difference. Now, if you're right now, I'm not saying if you came today and you're not part of this family, or maybe you're not a part of a church yet, just trust me in this. Get your heart right with a loving God, 
I mean, come before Jesus and just hand your life right over. That's all you got to do. Just say, Lord, I'm just going to hand it over to you. I know there's something better. There's something better. And, and, and uh, forgive me of my sin and the things I try to do on my own. And as soon as you do that, plant yourself. Find a place right now that you can say, man, this, 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 I'm, t- I'm and don't, <laughs> people have an expectation. Church of America is so different than the church overseas. I was at a church service in Haiti. Church service is different. And I'm not saying it's bad. One thing America needs to learn is this, relationship. I told you when I went to Haiti, I had to ask this question. I asked this, this gentleman that's in front of me, and we went to this village. This village was poverty. I hadn't seen anything like it. Ten shacks. And we went to their church. The church, the church didn't even have walls to it. It was just, it's just this tin roof. I walked inside, and I swear 20 people gathered. Children ran up, and we gathered here. And I asked the question. I was really serious about this. I said, hey, wh-, and I asked this one, what would it take for your family to be provided for? There's no jobs. And he looked at me, and, I, I had, and again, they said, well, what do you mean? And so I explained it. What, what, how much money a month would it take for your family to, to be able to survive? Send your girls to school? You have to have money to send your kids to school. Some kids don't even have school. And I thought, that's a good question, right? Would you guys ask the same question if you're, you're being moved? And, and then all of a sudden he started to understand the question, and then he started to laugh. Not in a rude way. Almost like he was uncomfortable. And he turned to his brother beside him, and, uh, and he started to talk to him, and they both kind of, you know, came back to me. You know what the answer to the question was? And this, this was, man, we need to learn this. He, his answer to me was this. If you, have ever, if you would ever give me $20, $30, whatever I would need, it wouldn't be for me. I would share that with my family. And they talked about the people who were there. So you could not send them directly money. They would just spread it over. They would take a dollar of that and give it to 30 other people. You see? I thought to myself, this is, this is faith. Not that we live like that. You understand? I know we live in America. It's not like we're going to give up jobs and, you know, become poverty. But in poverty, you learn something valuable. There's something in the midst of not having anything that you, you really understand the worth of relationship. How many people strengthen relationships when you're faced with things that are devastating? When things are so hard, you don't even know how you're going to get through it. And all of a sudden, you share it with a husband, a spouse, with children. And all of a sudden, it does something to you as you work through it together. Something happens to you. How do you explain that without that struggle? How many people know that they became stronger because of struggle? How many people can say, in my relationship, we became stronger, trusting in God together? You see, there's just something that happens to be established in faith, established together. No matter what comes my way, I'm building my house on a rock, a foundation. And when I'm not on sinking sand, that weather can come. It can blow against me. Those waves can come and crash upon me. That wind can blow, but I am steady. My house is steady. I'm built on the foundation. I know I am planted. I'm rooted. And that's God's word that changes me and my family. I would do anything for them, and I would do anything for you because we are knit together as one. 
and there's no separation occurring. The Father calls us to be that. Does that, does that make sense? And he has established this in the church, and I'm so thankful. Oh, and then the last part says, an overflowing with thanksgiving or thanksfulness. Gratefulness. Some of your translations would say, what does it mean? I don't know about you, and how many people say, well, I don't always overflow with thanksgiving. Come on, Mio, it's not that time of year where we do it one time, and we have people over for, for turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy. How many people can only say right now that they overflow with thanksgiving? It overflows for me. When someone recognizes, they're just always happy. They're, they're just always, and they, what they recognize is not happiness. See, happiness is seasonal, right? Happiness can come and can go. Joy stays till the morning. Joy is always there. But it's that thankful heart in Christ People see a light. They don't know how to describe it. How come they're always happy? How come he's always smiling? I don't understand. Because you don't know. You don't know the light of Christ. And I smile. I smile. I'm thankful. In the name of Jesus. I'm, but, you know, I want to work more on that. How many people are with me? I, I want to shine. I want to be thankful. I want to be thankful. I want to be thankful. I don't want anything getting away with that. Because you know what that is? Thankfulness is maturity. Thankfulness is when you've been rooted You've been built up, you've been established, and now because of all of that, because you were there, all of a sudden this thankful heart just starts to overflow. It's overflowing. You, you can't even control it. It's just overflowing. That's where I want to be. I want to be a fountain of life. I want to I meet people. And I, and I said, man, I'm a st-. and it only happens when you've got the other three in line. You're rooted. Rooted. Then you're established, or I'm saying you're built up and then established. How many people know? How, how does it feel to be a part of a family? I just, I just love coming here because I'm hugged. Matter of fact, J.D., thank you. You're always picking me off the ground. J.D. does that. If you know J.D., he just picks you up. He can do that with one arm. And I go like this. And I, all of a sudden, I'm talking to somebody else, and I'm, I'm flying in the ear. And then I put back, and then I say, okay, there it is. Thank you for your hugs. They mean more to me than what you think. We're not messing around. You're showing me love your special way. And I thank you for that. You know why? Because I can see Jesus in it. You see, this, it's what matters. When you can see Jesus in other people, in their personality, and you can say, thank you, Jesus. Now, you've got to put me back down. You know, you've got you to set me down on the ground so I can walk. But you can hold me up as long as you want. All right? That's what matters. Mike, you came up to me today, made sure that you connected with me. And that means a lot to me. It's more than just you. Because you know what I need? I don't know what I need. You, Mike, I need Jesus in you. And so when you shake my hand, you give me that greeting, you know what that does to me? I just want to thank you for that. And every one of you, I try to get around when worship is going. I try to get around and, and meet you. And I, some of you, I, I didn't get a chance to get to today. I'm sorry because I really, if I had an opportunity, I'd start right over here. And I'd hug. And, and I'd probably kiss on you too. Pray for you and love you and tell you how much you mean to me. And I, it would take me all day, wouldn't it? But I'd start over here and, I, and I'd meet every one of you and I'd say how much I appreciate you. You know why? Because it's Jesus in you. It's what I love to see. It's what I love to, and that's what I need. How about you? Do you understand what I mean? You don't come to church just to receive. You come and you get it anyway. Because you come up to somebody and say, how can I be praying for you? 
and you shake the hand, and you just feel, this is, this is right. This is what it's supposed to be like. And I'm going to go through these last three verses pretty quickly because if you do those last, you're going to be just fine. See that you, no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, which is based on human tradition and spiritual forces of the world, rather than on Christ. Don't let that happen. Don't let, don't let all of that other nonsense try to come in as truth to your heart. Don't let it take you captive. That's not the right place to be. And then last two. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. Oh, Jesus, thank you. That when we see Jesus, we see God the Father and all that God has for us. And then it says, and you have been made, what people? You have been made complete in Christ, who is the head over every ruler in authority. Isn't that good news? He is the head over all. And what? You are made, made complete in him. It's a good place to be, isn't it? Isn't it a good place to be? Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Lord, as we travel through Colossians, Lord, thank you for taking time with us and teaching us. Thank you, Paul, for your writings inspired by the Holy Spirit that we can read them and, and not really understand what it was like necessarily back when you walked and when you spent your time in jail. I can't even imagine the suffering that you endured. But Lord, thank you for using his hand to write because in that, Lord, we've got so much truth so much we can do, Lord, to be grounded and established and rooted and built up in. Father, thank you that you chose us to be a church body that is knit together perfectly, loving one another as you called us to be. And Father, through that, we have victory in everything we put our minds and souls into. Thank you for the victorious way that you use us. In Jesus' name, amen.